Look, I, I'm not afraid to admit this because I cried. I cried at the end of Toy Story three. I cried yesterday afternoon. I mean, I got emotional enough at the end of the game. I'm getting chill bumps talking about it now. No, like it was, it was crazy. In a matter of three weeks, the dogs pulled the ultimate reversal on one of their most hated long-running rivals. And as all of you know, what made it even sweeter this time was claiming the 2017 SEC Championship and a spot in the college football playoffs. Auburn scored first, and then never again as the dogs' defense, led by MVP and Butkus Award winner Roquan Smith, held the Tigers to just 259 total yards on offense. Certainly not to be forgotten in this praise would be Georgia's own offense as well, led by Jake Brom, the entire offensive line, DeAndre Swift, for a 64-yard run which made the final score 28-7, and then many others. Those are just a few names I mentioned, but it was a complete team effort by all players and by all coaches which helped end a long 12-year SEC drought as Georgia is the Southeastern Conference champion once again and headed to the Rose Bowl. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall and you're listening to episode 121 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Now, normally on post-game shows, my co-hosts Will Leach and Tony Waller join me and we call in via Skype, but not this time. We rearrange some commitments and schedules to be together in person, just like a preview podcast for this very momentous occasion. So we won't keep you waiting any longer. Here is a noticeably giddy Tony Waller to get us started. I don't know if you heard, but we won the SEC championship Holy and we're going to the Rose Bowl. Holy cow. Yes. By the way. If I had a dollar for every time, um, every time Will or someone else texted me something along the lines of, "Well, you you texted like you guys a bunch," yeah. but I was like, "Y'all," and I was like, "Everything was dude." Like my boss said, he's like, "Congratulations, he's an Illinois guy." Uh, he's like, congratulations. I was like, "Thanks." He said, "I think it's this. I think it's the year." I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to be in until January. I hope that's okay." Yeah, yeah that's, that's not, not true. Be. I'll be in probably this week. Probably at some point. We can tell it's special because we're actually doing a post game show live. Yes. Well, together. Usually together. it's over Skype. So yes, together, it's a so very special occasion. It is. I mean, it is. We cannot leave this to the vagaries of South Oconee Internet. <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> We can. Well, so it won't be as it won't be a two hour epic because we have plenty more shows to get to uh, as we approach the game. But Georgia won handily. I'm curious, what was the? It, it, it's funny because you know th- we were always watching the, the full highlights. I love the the YouTube uh, mixes they do where it's just like every play, watching 34 minutes. Yeah, and so I watched that today, and it was funny because I'd forgotten how really scary this looked at the beginning of the second, of the second quarter. It's yeah. seven, nothing. Yeah. And they're driving and it looks like they're at least going to get three very, mm-hmm. very well get seven. And frankly, it looks like they're ramming through us just like they did it, two it weeks felt ago. felt exactly the same. Yeah. It felt the same, but going back and looking at the stats, I realized it was not the same at all in Auburn. They had three drives, of of sixty yards that resulted in three field goals, which at the time we're like, okay. Now looking back on it, realize that was that was a sign of a dam about to break. They had the long touchdown drive, then we held them twice, once or twice, and then they had that drive again. And, and both of their drives were assisted by aggressive plays in 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 specious play in, in specious, specious calling. But looking at what the 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 kind of the things I went through in the game. I never felt like this game, like the coaches panicked. Right, they made some adjustments when they needed to, uh, particularly defensively, uh, and we we'll, we can talk about that in a minute. Uh, they made some adjustments when they needed to, but also Georgia never, sh- never Georgia never acted like we 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 played the hunter the whole game. 
We played the hunter, which was amazing to me. It was incredible to me that we were able to do that. But, you know, I think we'll always be able to look back at Daquan Muc- uh, Hawkins Muckles. Um, I got the name right. Yeah, you did. I? Okay. You did. He's the one that blocked the field goal, he did. right? Okay. He did. Okay. Thank God. He had the shoulder pads on. Him. He had the shoulder pads after the game. That block as like, okay, it's going to be okay, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, because even the fumble, the fumble, the fumble that when Auburn was about to score was the clear first. Okay, this is. Oh yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. But the, the, the block field oh, goal. Oh, I know, like, I know. That. This no, is our thing. Yeah. Once the, the field goal happened, I was like, oh, we're winning this game. Yes. And but the fumble was the first time where it was like, oh, it's 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 us again. Yes. Like it felt like it snapped back. It's not going to be the Georgia of that last Auburn game, and it looked like Georgia again. And frankly, they look like Georgia again the rest of the game. Even yeah. even if it if it's only 10-7 at halftime, it still felt like this it felt like a Georgia game again. Like again, I know this is a weird thing, but only one close game this year. That still it was kind of similar to the tech game at the, in the third mm-hmm. quarter, fourth quarter, just mash the gas and just blow past them. They had nine minutes and forty-eight seconds of possession in the second half. You know, it they Georgia started with like seven minutes in the first quarter, eight minutes in the second quarter. Nine or ten in the third, and then twelve. twelve. (laughs) It's beautiful, but that is—I mean, frankly—that is exactly. If you were to ask Coach Smart um, in your in your darkest, deepest, wildest, nasty dreams, what would time of possession look like? And he would say, "Well, it probably looked like uh, eight, nine, eleven, and twelve minute time of possession." (laughs) So you know, I I, I can't do a Kirby Smart because I'm not from Southwest Georgia, but it was was just amazing. And I, I hate to keep saying it was amazing because. Obviously, we're still riding high on the, the giddiness of having watched us completely made up for what was a, it was a blemish. Like it was, it was hard to look around. Um, and look, we're the first team to make the playoffs with a twenty-three uh, point loss. I mean, Ohio State wanted to say hold my beer, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was contrary to what Danny Cannell says. Yes, it was twenty-three point loss, not a thirty-one point loss. Well, you know, that's whatever. He, he, that's Florida State math. But <laughs> damn. So the the thing about it though is that we were able to do it in a way on a national stage that kind of knocks the it knocks the narrative back a little bit of like Georgia can't handle the oh, big absolutely. stage. Because that was that was absolutely the narrative. I mean, yeah, we went to Notre Dame and won, but then the same same week that we lose to Auburn, um, uh, Notre Dame loses to Stanford. Right? I think it was the same week. If not, it was like immediately after. I mean, there's still a lot of we'll believe it when we see it. Notre Dame yeah. lost to Miami that night. The night we that's lost right. Yeah, lost bad to Miami. So that that made the Notre Dame win look a lot worse. And by the way, thank goodness we won that Notre Dame game because it would have gotten really interesting. Yeah, no kidding. I know. I still think we go if like if you're going to put if you're going to have uh, uh, Ohio State in the conversation, you can't not have Georgia in the conversation. But whatever. Yeah. We, we we can talk about the playoff uh, rankings in a moment. All I need to say is we're in. <laughs> yes, that's all that matters. So we had touched on before on how Gus Malzahn gets in his way, you know, and if you allow him to do that, do you think? He did that with playing an obviously very injured carry-on Johnson because that fumble, it looked like he was never even really holding it. And that was kind of the line that really did break that proverbial camel's back. I watched it on TV, and you could tell they weren't getting dirty hits on him, but they were mashing that shoulder down to the ground when they when they hit him. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't believe that they pushed him. I understand why they did it. Oh, he's I the only why, guy they had. Yeah, I get why they did it, and I get why... They felt. And I'm sure he was like, like, let me try it. Let me try to go for it. But man, it should have used him as a decoy. Yeah, like, yeah. It's funny because I, I, you know, you heard Danielson on the call, 
uh, say uh, he's saving him for the big moments and they're saving him for a big thing. But like there was no turbo to be had there. And he was just he was obviously hurt. I do have to ask the question, um, Scott, you you watched the game. I haven't rewatched it yet. Um, I, I got a lot of Twitter comments from people who are George fans and not that Danielson was not he was not on his game as far as it was clear. It was clear to him. It was clear to him that he had he had a favorite in the game. He also had a favorite in the playoffs. His feelings were hurt because Kirby called him out. I mean, it's not for nothing, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I I went back and listened to the the one moment that got retweeted late in the game where he was talking about well, this game really shouldn't matter yes, in yes. the consciousness. Now, I, I would argue that it was it he was saying that Auburn losing that game to Georgia shouldn't matter as much about. Alabama, that being Alabama. I assume he was referring to Alabama. He was referring to Alabama. Now there were there were people that took away from that that he was saying Alabama should go in above Georgia as SEC champion because Alabama looks the part or whatever. Now they lost to uh, at Auburn by fewer points and lost at Auburn fewer points. But Georgia avenged their loss. Yeah, but yeah. didn't do it. The, but Alabama didn't. Have, his argument would be Alabama didn't have the opportunity to avenge that loss. I mean, you. you but I'm, I kind of where I was going. You, you, what did you think of his analysis? I mean, this is a little this little interesting parlor game, but you know, I, I personally like Danielson. I think he I think he does a good job. He's a of great his, color guy. He's, he's a good. If color I'm going to hear a color guy. I'm going to want to hear him or Todd Blackledge. Okay, doing color. I think he's generally good. He's clearly agenda driven. Oh, he's yeah. His feelings his, were hurt. I heard yeah. him on the radio this week, and he was very uh, matter of fact that he did nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah, and even Brad Nessler. Was interviewed on an Atlanta radio station. You could tell he was put in a position he did not want to be in, yeah. having to kind of defend it. And he really did a very good political speak of not saying anything. Right. But yeah, after that field goal block, and then to me, the, Swift. the most, that was the most Georgia thing, right? That was yeah. the, this is it. Like, this is the mm-hmm. moment. This is the win. And I can't, I mean, I know we've talked in the past about. Uh, Kirby's sideline demeanor. Oh, I loved it. That was amazing. That it. was I mean, he, amazing. He did a 360 pirouette. Yeah, he's also Kirby's still pretty fast, man. I got to give it to him. He got he got like 30. Kirby got like down 30 yards in. I mean, a few seconds. A few seconds. Would have been better as if he had Scott Sinclair dragging him with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he hit. Uh, but when Swift hit that hole, he was just gone. It yeah, it's awesome. And where I was sitting was a we just nearly perfect view. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you were right there. Us. Yeah, and it was. Um, you know, when he got when he got on the outside, I was sitting beside my wife Kristen, and UJ Carey was on the other side. I was like, I, I grabbed both of them. I was like. He's gone because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see when Wynn when Win turned the corner. Wynn had a great block. And it was or a, Wim, Wims had a great block. And then Wims was pushing mm-hmm. the corner back out. I was like, I was like, I was like, watch him out run this guy. Watch him out to run this guy. He literally just ran off and left. Oh. Two guys that had angles on him. Yeah, Auburn's like those guys are fast. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was amazing. And I like the little boo that Trey Matthews got, by the way, from the crowd uh, I, when he was announced. You know what? You're you know you you you. you he, he I'm trying to make Scott and I have to beat this. If you're going to be that way, you sh- you're going to end up getting what you deserve. Yeah, he did now officially has lost a game in the series every single year. Yes, he has <laughs> officially. You know the one thing, and going back to the to the the gussing, um, I think Auburn did exactly what they wanted to do, or tried to do exactly what they wanted to do. They just weren't successful. They really their plan really was early to try to get to from and disrupt the handoff the mesh point. And we were able to block them in a way that we just were not able to do in the first game. No, they 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 did they did pressure from some, and they did disrupt the match point some. Cleveland and uh, Andrew Thomas. Cleveland and Thomas. I was that's exactly where I was going because they were 
those two guys played a hell of a football game. Now, the entire offensive line played a good football game, but those two guys played because they, there's a legit all-SEC guy lined up across the line from Thomas the entire game. He had a sack, and I can think of two other times where he disrupted either a jet sweep or a toss sweep. By the way, we went back to the power toss. Yeah. Did you notice that? That was beautiful. <laughs> it was so awesome. Everything on Twitter and everything, you know, we had a bunch of people over here watching it. The refs, the refs, I mean, the calls were going against us. How about that pick play that Tech ran successfully on us just uh-huh. last week? Uh-huh. And even the Falcons uh, were victim to the pick play today against the Vikings. It was never called, but yet it was called. And it didn't even look that egregious to me I, on a replay. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen the replay, but uh, if my father is to be believed, uh, the, the Auburn guy right now is just getting out of the uh, Georgia, Georgia receiver's back pocket. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, you saw it. What did you think? I thought Wims... Just kind of got in their way. I don't think he really threw a pick, but it's just one of those calls that you just don't see made. And then those guys, because of the precedent they set, but they were throwing hankies all over the place. And yeah, there were some face mask grabbing and everything. But just looking at it from my perspective, there was no way that flag should have been called. Well, and it brings up another good point about coaching on Cheney and, and Kirby Smart. How many times did we go to Godwin? He had man coverage all night because they were really focused on Williams. Because if you read the book on Fromm, Wims is the guy, yeah. right? And I mean, where'd we go with the two point conversion? Oh yeah, it was a beautiful play too. Oh, what I, a great play! He he very much enjoyed both of those two. Yes, he was like right on that DB. Like I beat you, I beat you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was pretty. Awesome. He, he came close <laughs> to handing the ball. By the way, and I am not too too petty to admit this. Man, I wish we got in that last touchdown. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wish we got in that last touchdown. And he almost had it too. And I'm a little mad we didn't call a timeout when we came into Neil. I, I get why you don't but, because but, we're you know we're better than Gus. Also, they want to celebrate like really fast. Like you can see, like everyone's very excited. Yeah, know, I think that's right. Yeah, that. but I think that actually touches on something we should talk about more, which was from. I think you can make an argument this was Fromm's best game. I think oh, like, yeah. he was he, and he didn't have that first quarter get it out of your system bad play. He was just solid all the way through. He had like what four or five incompletions? Like he was like maybe six. Like he was terrific. And and he and you're right, he did not make just stick to his first read. He didn't get focused on one guy. It's funny we've talked we talked last week about how you kind of can't call him a freshman quarterback anymore. Like he now has more starts than like he's just maybe Eason. Yeah, I think he has as many starts. I think he has more starts than Eason now, doesn't he? Because Eason missed, didn't start the first game last year. That's yeah, you're right. So I guess he, I guess Eason did technically start the first game this year. But frankly, he's now started more than Eason has. So you know, I think that that um, you see it now. Uh, you st- you see the moxie, just yeah. the leadership qualities, and frankly, the arm. Like the arm is not nothing, man. Like those, those, those are good throws. And those, uh, sure, can he make do that laser beam forty yard on a slant? Maybe not. We haven't seen. We haven't. He hasn't been asked to do that yet. But every other pass, he he's been dead on. Yeah, and he took some. He took some pretty hard hits on that first drive. I mean, he was sacked back to back times. I think his threat to run really puts yeah, him and over then, that was a that, nice but, play. But then by the, the next way. drive, we, yeah. we really we start yeah. off with the quarterback draw, yeah. and it that was, was nice. that was nearly almost most assuredly a playing quarterback keeper, yeah. right? I mean, oh, you, yeah. you run out of RPO, yeah, but, yeah. and uh, you know the thing I, I continue to to find about we heard all summer about his moxie, and you were talking about that a second ago. Um, we heard all summer about his his the intangibles, and I was skeptical of that because it, it feels like. Everybody yeah, gets Kool Aid. Yeah, everybody gets that, right? You, know, you get some Kool Aid. Yeah, Kool Aid says drinking. a running back has moxie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we can, have, we can have a whole conversation about Scrappy. But yeah, yes, um, yes. The the thing that to me that um, that really stood out about Jake Fromm is he really did show some 
some t- tangible evidence of his ability to keep the offense moving forward and together. Because when he uh, came off the sideline after that 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 first drive, it was very clear that we that what we had tried didn't work at all. He basically gathered everybody over on the bench. You could see him talking to him, and it was just it was really impressive. It's just really impressive. This guy's you know he's not Jake Bentley. He's not supposed to be playing high school football this year. But he we have to remember he. This time last year had just finished losing a state semifinal game in the high school playoffs. I mean, for me, I mean, in 2011, he was in the Little League World Series. I still yeah. just can't oh, wrap yeah. my mind around that. Yeah. That's kind of insane. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like that was that long ago. <laughs> and so that's, that's a little... Uh, that's when Trey Matthews was a freshman, right? Trey Matthews was a freshman in 2011. Right. Yeah, he is my favorite. He's my favorite Donnan recruit. Uh, do we want to talk a little bit about the atmosphere at the game, not just inside but outside? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Because of course the Georgia Dome, of course, is, uh, bust aside, uh, has been has been blown up, but it's still almost almost all blown up. Yes, almost I mean, all. Not like the Silver Dome, right? 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 Yes. But there is rubble. Like it's all like the bulldozers were working before the game, during the game, and after the game. There's rubble everywhere down there, which led to kind of a cool vibe, to be honest. Like the idea that like you're watching it in a. It looks like a bot, like a bomb, literally has gone off. But it was kind of fun because obviously those are just going to be boring parking lots next year, or whatever they're going to be. But it was fun to see just like, like gra- progress yeah. happening. No, it wasn't just progress. It was like just still the facade part of the yeah. part of the building is still up. There's I mean, you can still see upper deck seats. In yeah, the, there on that. It was kind of cool. It was, yeah. it was like I feel like that. It's just kind of neat when that happens. I remember when when the Cardinals were building Bush Stadium, they had knocked that, knocked that, not knocked down, not knocked down the old stadium, and it just looked kind of like wow, this like pieces of our old stadium. It was kind of a cool <laughs> thing to see. I Mercedes Benz. This is the first football game I've seen there. I've seen soccer there. We were in three forty seven, and we were like row fifteen, so we were pretty high up. But I mean, the views. I mean, there's just not a bad view in that place. And then, and one of the nice things too is because the board, the, the board, the video board circular, you can see how, wherever you are in the stadium, you have a board. It's a really nice stadium. It is. It is a great stadium. It takes a minute to get used to not looking in the end zone to see a scoreboard. That was the one thing I will say that it took me a minute. Now they have a ribbon uh, behind the benches that they have the scores on it, um, just the scores and the time. But I found myself looking. It's like I don't even know what down and distance is. And I finally went back old school watching high school football, <laughs> looking at the down markers. Oh, wow. Right, because yeah, you know, I, I could because I couldn't, you, you know, I never, I never really could see what the down and distance was. I never could find it. I mean, I know it was in there because I saw it a couple of times, but every time I went to look for it, I was like, "There's just a lot going on here." Um, but it is a it it is a good stadium. It gets loud. It's hard to say just because I was I was like you in the upper yeah. deck. It felt like it was a little louder than Georgia Dome. But the thing about it was cool is we are we were sitting on the end where where we were sitting you could like look out and see the skyline of Atlanta, right, right. which you know I remember as a kid driving up and seeing the the Westin, yeah. uh, which is where you stay, and that was like the tallest building. It's actually the long, for a long time it was the tallest hotel in the world, but it was the tallest building. And now downtown Atlanta has I mean there's it's a really yeah. I mean it looks like a city. Yeah. I mean it's hard it's hard to, it's hard to yeah. put you know in, you know. And if you're listening to this in New York, yeah, I understand. Oh, I disagree. I, I'm with, totally with Tony. I mean, I think look, it doesn't. Fantastic. It doesn't look like New York. I, I will I admit am, that. It uh, doesn't look like Chicago. I admit that. But it looks like a city. It, I, I have to say, one of the, we we went out with the, my son, from Columbus. We were out with a lot of the Columbus people. A lot of them, uh, I think, have some antiquated notions of what Atlanta is. Yes. And uh, and to me, like I, you know, I really had not spent a lot of time in Atlanta at all until uh, we moved down here. And I I think Atlanta. I mean, you see it in Atlanta. You United, you see it in kind of the energy around the city, and frankly, you see it 
with with that stadium. Like Atlanta is a like it still obviously still has work to do. Obviously still has, has has some some ways to go. But it's it's I mean it's a good downtown. Like we had people saying we were going to meet some people before the game, and they were like, "Well, let's go meet out in Buckhead." And they're like, "No, let's meet downtown." Yeah. Like there's tons of stuff to do downtown, and, and it's it's totally fun to go downtown. And for me, that's I, I hopefully more people will get to see that now because I really like I, I didn't want to be anywhere but downtown. Yeah, you're, you're a stadium yeah. guy. I mean, I remember you were kind of given a, the thumbs down on the Braves' new stadium because they put it all the way out in Cobb exactly. County, and there's exactly. no city vibe around exactly. it. And there is a vibe here, and it's fun. And you're right. The idea is funny when you watch the highlights of it. You, keep, you keep, obviously it's, it's indoors. There's this big stadium. The roof is closed, but you keep seeing the sun. Like you can see the sun, like the shine off players' helmets because it's still like it's just. I wrote I wrote about this for Sports on Earth. It is a, a review of it a couple of months ago. I think it's one of the better new stadiums I've seen in a long time. Like, That's one thing I, I always legitimately hated new about the Georgia Dome. You would go in there and you would. Dad, come on, I'm getting too many. My, our, uh, that's our Twitter. Okay, cool. Oh. Uh, but you would go into the Georgia Dome, and it's like such a beautiful day outside, and then it's just dark. Oh, and totally, dank of course, yeah, of course, dome. of yeah. course. But you feel like you're indoors, but you don't feel indoors. It's a great stadium, and it was a, it was a good. But I would say it was sixty five percent Georgia. Uh, 60, you think it was that much? Sixty sixty five. Yeah, yeah. Scott Scott was asking earlier. And I, I'd say it was a preponderance, but yeah. it was hard for me to say because you know. Sitting in the middle of the Georgia section, you right. were you were a little further around. You were in the more yeah, but the I was still seat. I was still most of the Georgia yeah, fans. mostly Georgia yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was the part about it that was yeah, that's, that's, it's a guess, but it seems it okay. seemed like less than Georgia Tech, obviously. Yes, but which is funny because that's a that's a road which, stadium, but um, it was less than Georgia Tech, but it was it was plenty. Like there were plenty there, which probably needs, gets us neatly into the Rose Bowl. We discussed last week, and I think all of us agreed that uh, part of Auburn's magic was having getting to play at Jordan Hare, particularly against Georgia and Alabama, which is an entire podcast topic. That their only losses were were on the road, right? And in tough environments to play. Now, I will. I'm not going to. I'm not, not about to say that Mercedes Benz was as loud as either Death Valley would be, but it was also clear. From the get go, that Georgia was drawing energy off of the crowd yeah. um, because they, they looked apart. They yeah. they really did. You could tell when they were in it. I don't know that we disrupted Auburn's offense yeah. any more than maybe you, uh, you know random random away crowd. No, that would. was Roquan Smith. Yeah, that yeah. was completely we Roquan Smith. Who by the Roquan Smith at all? Who, by the way, should be in New York next weekend. Oh man, he is. I'm telling you, when when he is on, like, I I always. I always feel like when you watch him, it feels like he's landed on everybody he carries. Like that—that's what it looks like. It looks like he was dropped on them. And yeah, you know, they're like. Uh, I mean, there comes a point where like, did he just fall down? So did like Rokong wouldn't hurt him <laughs> yeah. because it really says yeah. he just hits people. Well, he's, he's just incredible. a good tackler. He's such a he perfect form tackler. Tackle. And I was thinking about this: what if he had gone to UCLA? Jim Mora might. It was so <laughs> so close, right? I'm really glad he came to Georgia because he is. I mean. First off, he's going to be Georgia's hottest draft pick next year. I saw him 13th in, in a recent mock draft. He's moving up. Yeah. I don't see how he's not top 10, yeah. if he, especially if he goes out and does in the, in the playoffs, whatever yeah. that, that is. So the Rose Bowl, guys. Playoff. The playoff. The playoffs. Well, yeah. so it's important to me. It, it, I'm a huge bowl fan. I have fought kicking and screaming into going to football playoffs because – I love the bowl system. Like I am, I am an anarchist when it comes to this. I think we still should have we should have split national titles, and we should have people voting on them. Let Massey pick UCF if they want to. What's the matter? Um, I, I will also say I get why we do it this way, right? And there are a lot of there are a lot of contemporary reasons, a lot of non contemporary reasons. But growing up, I always loved studying about the bowls. 
it was always a point of pride to me that Georgia Georgia was a team that had played in all of the the the, uh, the original Big Four bowls, and this was twenty five years ago when you know there was there was no real such thing. It was like you know. The, the Peach Bowl was not. It was like it was played on December. Are you 23rd. saying that the Motor City Bowl wasn't a thing twenty five years ago? Um, I, I'm talking about when there was like twelve bowl games. When going to a bowl game meant something. So the fact that we get the record, go, Illinois has gone to the Motor City Bowl and had a wonderful time. So <laughs> yes, will, yes, it was a complaints. great time. Um, no, no, nowhere better than Detroit on December twenty sixth. Oh, the Domino's <laughs> Pizza Bowl. So it's um, like Western Michigan. Yes. The uh, so we're going to the Rose Bowl based on the ticket prices to fly out there. It's going to be a big Georgia crowd. Yeah. No, I think Oklahoma travels great. Yeah. Um, I have to assume they do. And I also assume probably a lot of, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I mean, everything connects to Atlanta. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, maybe they connect to Denver. I'm sure that there's a big contingent of West Coast dogs that'll be heading down there, yeah. too. Yeah, I actually had, had one come by our tailgate, a guy from, from L.A. stop by our tailgate. And it is worth knowing that the, the ticket prices themselves for the game are not that high. They're relatively reasonable. They are yeah. very reasonable. So if you want to get in the RV and go out there, that is definitely a good idea because we, we've had that conversation. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I'm sure you have because the tickets themselves are they're just not that expensive. They are. I would argue they are right now. They look like they are about half of what the SEC championship game was, and maybe a, a third. Seventy five bucks. No, uh, no, two hundred, two hundred, yeah, two fifty, two fifty. Oh, you're talking about like on the market, yeah, on the market. Okay, I was yeah. thinking yes. like face value. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. The, uh, Georgia, the Georgia tickets are, themselves are already sold out. Yeah. In fact, the, the email they sent they encouraged you to go and step up. Yeah. Well, and, oh, but, the, the yeah. email came out today. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. And I, didn't I did like, see that postseason ticket request notifications will be sent out on December eighth. Okay. To let so you know so if you've got them or right, not. Right. Yeah. But um, but but it's not that expensive to get. It's actually not that expensive to get. Mm-hmm. So if you can get out there and drive, because it's the Rose Bowl. And it's funny because you know last year Georgia announced that they they'd start this series at UCLA, and assuming we make it to 2022, I was planning on going to that. Like that looks like a really fun thing to do. I will not be going this year. It's just New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. It's just. It's a lot. My youngest kid is three. Tony's Tony, going to represent. Yes. our Tony's podcast. making the trip. One hundred percent. And I will be at the national championship game no matter what, but um, whatever that is. Imagine I gotta wait to say what happens January first before I say that. Well, I, I, I will be there if it's, I know you're working. If it's Oklahoma and Alabama, yeah. But um, but I can't imagine. Or Clemson, Clemson can win. I can't imagine. I'm not going if it's Clemson. No, um, I can't imagine how much those tickets would be theoretically if it were Alabama. If it's Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, because Georgia, Clemson. I mean, well, that game. So I have Georgia, to say, I would, I've been the last two national championship games between Alabama and Clemson. There were a lot more Alabama fans at those games than there were at Clemson Dude, fans. Georgia Clemson would be fun. There's a lot it's more storylines story. with Alabama. A lot more storylines. Because you got even, not only have the Kirby Nick Saban thing, you got the Ridleys. Well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll cross that. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, I'm, I, that. I'm just saying that, like, also with the national championship game, so many of those tickets are spoken for. Yeah. Sure. Like, so yeah. many of those tickets are already taken care of. Yeah. So it's going to be so hard, to, no well, matter I mean, who's there. I saw a breakdown for the SEC. Even the SEC breakdown was like, I think each school got 25,000. Um, with which they have to seat their band. They're right, required right. contractually to seat their band. They're required contractually to give a certain number to the students. And the rest are corporate tickets. Yeah. Uh, I I saw a lot of people wearing Dr. Pepper, Pepper lanyards, for example. Yeah. Uh, which oh, I'm like crazy. Larry Culpepper is not funny. Does, do people find Larry Culpepper no. funny? Love him. A couple of the early ones were when he uh, said, man, you've got a long driveway. Remember that one? Well, look, he <laughs> is like... I, I, the, the appeal of him the is, first, is lost on Like me, the first commercial, it was humorous. But I just want somebody to take his knees out. And I don't... Yeah. I just, do you drink Dr. Pepper? 
Dr. Pepper's fine. I, I, I mean, I, I, I do personally find Dr. Pepper to be swill, to be yeah. honest. So, I, uh, I think Dr. Pepper's fine. Yeah. You know what I, I have a bigger Cole problem Pepper, with? Cole Pepper sucks. The, the halftime, they allow them to throw footballs like a chess pass yes. in basketball. Yes. That's what I have a problem with. They need to throw yeah. real passes. <laughs> but it's efficient. More efficient than that way. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, we have plenty of time to, to preview Oklahoma. So we will do that in a later podcast. Yeah, we'll probably do a show per week. Yeah, I think Coming so. up. I right. think so. Uh, so, so two but, things I think we should cover now, uh, two news items. One, specifically the post, the issue that happened with, uh, with a couple of Georgia with players. With Natural Patrick. And yeah. You Stanley. know, my biggest question was that, what were they doing in Winder? Were they in Winder? It was Barrow County. That, mm. uh, then they were driving back then. Oh, okay. They were driving back. We, you know, I think. Celebrating? I assume. I don't I know. Mean, well, I have to, I mean, listen, I'm not going to give them, I was. Like, yeah, I, like I'm always very wary of this idea. But like they did something a lot more exciting yesterday than I did, and I celebrated like crazy. Yeah, so, but you, I mean, and, I yes, and I here's agree. The thing, and look, I agree. I'm not. We're not. We're, we are not going to have discussion about the the manner they were celebrating. Right. Um, but I'll have that discussion. But <laughs> well, no, I, I, we've. I think we've had it yeah, enough have, already, we have, we have, and right. it's that it's been beat to death on the yes. on the message boards. Yes, but. You're on your second strike, man. Yeah, you're yeah, on the I, precipice I totally of something special, totally agree, totally and I agree. and I, I get it. I really do get it. The the, the desire to go out and have fun, um, like I said, we did. Yeah. Um, but there comes a point where you have to you have to let the better angels prevail mm-hmm. and step back and say, no, the next month is bigger than me. Yeah. And uh, you know. There's, I mean, it's obviously a huge mistake. Yes, and, and he wasn't driving. Apparently. No, Stanley was, was driving. Yeah, so which is, which, is, which is good. Which I have to say is generally good practice. Is let the lesser player drive. <laughs> <laughs> generally good practice. I mean, better Just practice. Just stay away is, from Mudcat's car, that, guys. Better practice is to nobody drive. No, nobody drives, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's the Bull Durham idea. Like, yes. you know, you punch with your, well, not with your Don't punch hands. with your throwing hand. <laughs> you make, the, you make the special teams guy drive. Yes. <laughs> and well, he's been nice on special teams this year. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's, it is it's, disappointing. You, ha- I haven't seen anything officially about it, but you have to assume he is going to be at the minimum suspended. Yeah. Uh, this is third time. Um, even if it were merely a fine, um, this is, you just can't be near nothing. UJ, UJ's rules are UJ's rules, yeah. period. Yeah. He's, not, he's not playing. No way he plays. There's no so, way. Which is a shame because the defense has been better, right. uh, to much better with him in the game. Um, yeah. So that's – but going And you're forward, playing a team that – we'll get into the preview, uh, but yes, scores a lot of points. <laughs> we need every single yes. defensive hand we can find. Yes. Um, so. And second news item is um, Alabama. Alabama yeah. made it. I will. I will. I will say. Okay, go ahead and set the record straight for all the people that are confused, saying, "Oh, it happened last year." Yes. So, so a lot. Of, there's is the, it just the same as last year? Will it is not just the same as last year. If you look, uh, the wins that Ohio State had last year, they had substant. They had much, much, much better wins than Alabama has this year. Again, Alabama's biggest win is Georgia's third biggest win. Like Mississippi State is probably their best win, right. and Mississippi State is Georgia's. Third best win, right? And so that said, so it's not like last year. Like, like that, that is a just because yes. Well, just team, to, just to clarify, people that are wrong are going to argue that Penn State won the Big Ten, but yet Ohio State was put in as a non-conference champion. Yes, right. same thing as this year. Those people are incorrect. Those people, I mean, like, I mean, because it was down to Ohio yeah. State and Washington. Last yeah, year. factually, it, I mean, it did happen. Sure. but like, there's no question that. I mean, Penn State didn't have the resume that Ohio State last year. Like, I'll put it this way. 
Alabama didn't get chosen over Georgia this year. No like, way. And because Georgia had a much better resume than Alabama did. Alabama is not being compared to Washington of last year or to Ohio State of last year. They're being compared to Ohio State of this year. And to me, the, mm-hmm. the, the case, it had to have been so close either way. Uh, I, I think the case for Ohio State is particularly the fact that they're high enough on Wisconsin to put them sixth, yeah. uh, which I was yeah. pretty surprised by. Yeah. I was surprised that they were ahead of USC. So they're obviously high on them. They gave them a good win. Yeah. But to me, that I mean, as, as the chairman said, you, they lost to Iowa by 31. There is not a universe in all of the alt-worlds out there of every permutation of this planet, there's not a universe where Alabama loses to 31 by 31 to Iowa. It just does not happen. And to me, the proof that this was the right pick is, because it's funny, we were, all, we were all watching the show, and it was funny how everyone said, oh, they should pick Ohio State, they should pick Ohio State. Oh, who's better? Oh, Alabama. The fact that Alabama became, is the favorite in that game, like a one-point favorite, that's a really great sign they made the right pick. The, the committee has been very clear that they want to pick the four best teams, regardless of, I mean, regardless of conference championship or regardless of whatever. They want to pick the four best teams. It's nearly impossible to argue that the first three that they picked, yeah. that there, there's no other team that should have gone in that, that group. Yeah, I think you could argue on the order. You could argue on the order. Even. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I had a moment of panic this morning because I can't tell I really want to play in the Rose Bowl. I really want to get the Rose Bowl. Right. had a moment of panic they were going to put Georgia first, which is, would have been fine, but that and also yeah, you would have— make the argument. You, you, would could also, the, you would also say basically you're replaying the SEC championship game, yeah. but you're giving Alabama a second by the apple. Yeah. I keep coming down to, to this, is that if you're going to consider Ohio State— why not consider USC? USC's losses weren't as bad as Ohio State's were. They and their lo- while their wins were not quite as good as, they were close. Yeah. And, and, and look, look, I'm, I'm not going to argue that Alabama's wins were great. Because yeah. right now their best win looks like Georgia's third or fourth yeah. best win. Maybe, maybe, I mean, that's, maybe, that's maybe LSU was, yeah. was better. Um, but that is... It's also hard to say when you look at how they dominated teams. Alabama beat teams pretty handily this season. And, they beat and, them better than Georgia. Yeah, and, 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 and Ohio State was in a couple of closer games than that. Ohio uh, State lost to Iowa by 31 points. You know, there's never been a team that's lost twice. There's never been a team that lost twice to make the playoff. The first one was not going to be a team that lost to Iowa by 31 points. And I, I have to say, I kind of respect it. I, I respect that they made the decision because it had to have been hard. I guarantee you, politically, bad news for them. Ratings-wise, probably not the best well, yeah, thing I mean, consider Gene Smith on the committee, right? Yeah, and, and just like the like, like Jim Delaney, he's been clawing his eyes out since yes. this thing happened. Like, the idea of taking two SEC teams and not the champ of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 is kind of amazing. But I have to say, I think they made the right call. And I will say that... Anybody that argues that geographic diversity should come in this, is, I'm sorry, you have lost the argument if you're going to start with that. I've, I've seen a couple people like, what's well, a shame is, is three Southern teams. No, it's, it's not a shame. It's, that's the way it is. No one, no one argued there should be a geographic diversity when 
when it was Harford, Harvard, Bucknell, Navy pre-flight, and uh, Navy pre-flight might be a, might be a terrible example or whatever, <laughs> and Chicago. I mean, no one argued that there should be de- Where geographic you going with diversity. That? My point is to say, if you're saying there should be geographic diversity in the college football playoffs, just divide the the you know, the the world up in quadrants. Let's go ahead and have play-ins. Name every just just take it to sixteen teams and be done with it. Which I'm not advocating. Let's be clear about that. I am advocating that. By the way, I think <laughs> no. that would be awesome. I think it would be. But think it would be I think a eight, terrible thing. Eight would be great. But eight if we're if we're gonna go to eight, let's pay players first. Let's just be done. Let's get over that. I mean, I agree. Um, so it would be so fun. So here, here is, and we'll have a chance to break these down. There are a couple of really interesting matchups on January first, yeah. right? You have a rematch of last year's championship game. You have a rematch of two years ago championship game. I mean, it's, there's a reason great stories are trilogies. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect that because I totally want to see that game again. Yes, but I don't want it to be the championship game. So it works right. out perfect. perfectly, yeah. perfectly. And Georgia and Oklahoma and Georgia never played. played. Yeah, you, you mentioned that earlier this yes. year, and yeah. it is kind of wild. That this it never is, happened. Yeah. and in it actually, it's a very interesting matchup of really, really, really good defense against really, really good offense. Now, I'm going to say this because it's going to lay the groundwork for a lot of conversations we'll have over the next month. Just put up or shut up a time about well, big Big Twelve don't play any defense. We get to show this. And if we don't, we need to be prepared for what the next year looks like. Right. We just have to be prepared for that. Um, and I'm by no means making predictions or anything. Right. I'm just yeah, saying we long, we are, I am laying out what the narrative is going to be now and what the scenarios are if things go well or go poorly. Oh, I can't wait, man. No, it's My God, we're going to the Rose Bowl. We're going to the Rose Bowl. We're in the playoff, for crying out loud. By the way, I have to mention uh, – and. and Will, you wrote a, a fantastic piece last week. Um, I, I loved how, it's interesting how you mentioned it here and you kind of, kind of brought up and we, you talked about yeah. some of those points and you wrote off of that. It was, I mean, I know a lot of people that, that listen to the podcast right. and that, that know me, don't know you. And they were like, please tell Will how awesome that was because oh, you, okay. it's so, look, you, you captured living here four years. You captured what we have been trying to capture. Uh, I've probably been trying to capture my whole life. Uh, certainly it's since, Oh, five, maybe since 12, but certainly since maybe even since 05, right? That what this means, that's something to play for. And that when we now have, and we're in the playoffs, it's, I mean, look, I, I'm not afraid to admit this because I cried, I cried at the end of Toy Story 3. I cried yesterday afternoon. I mean, I got emotional enough at the end of the game. I'm getting chill bumps talking about it now. No, like it was, it was crazy. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment. And it was just like, I'm like I'm like hugging hugging my wife. I'm hugging you, Jay Carey, and we're just like up there, like screaming our full heads off. And like I'm like I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just like I need a tissue. <laughs> yeah. We've been through this for the past two and a half seasons of our podcast, and it's just a visceral feeling that it's hard to describe. But everybody, I'd say ninety percent of the people listening to us understand what we're talking about because yeah. they feel it too. Yeah. And even Will, the common word that uh, has been associated with Will is transformation. I mean, he transformed a long time ago, and now he's showing it. And, and yes, that, that piece that kept going and going as I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm not even halfway through it. And I was looking forward to reading more, and then I see he links the podcast in. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I had to give it a yeah. love. Like, I, I, had to, I was like, I, if I'm doing this thing in segments, i got to embed the SoundCloud oh, in there. Because I'm not always great, as you know. At, like, I'm not great at social media. I don't link every podcast out of there. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make up for that by having this guy right in the middle. By the way, um, for the third, I would say that like the reason I have to thank you guys for it, even just so much of the thought process going into that column was just from doing this podcast and talking to yeah. you guys. Like it all, it was all born out of that. 
But I, got, I did get a lot of very nice words about that from people that, uh, that I think were also surprised that a Yankee would, uh, would write something like that. Well, I will, or a, I will. a guy from the North. That's a couple people told me. Like, I'm not from Canada. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> You're from North Chattanooga. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I'm from, like, closer to Kentucky yeah, than Yeah, you Chicago. were very country growing up, <laughs> Yeah, like, the idea that I'm, like, this aristocrat. <laughs> so one of the cool parts about Facebook, maybe the only cool part if you want to be very um, be uh, very cynical about it, is that they have this time hop thing where they pop up mm. old post. You know what popped up today? December 3rd. We dropped the Georgia Way podcast in 2015, the Post Kirby Hiring podcast. Really? Two, December 3rd is when we dropped two, it. Two years ago. Wow. Two years ago today, and here we are recording an SEC championship podcast. We're going to the college football playoffs and playing Oklahoma exciting. in the Rose Bowl. That is pretty exciting stuff. I'm getting chill bumps again. <laughs> All right, so we'll do a show, probably not this, we'll do another show next week. I think like, there, like we're not doing two shows this week because there's no game. Right. Yeah. But right. we can take a stretch. We'll be back next week to uh, to get serious business. We will be back. And I want to give a special, special shout-out to Michael Peters. He is the owner and operator and really nice guy who sent us our very own Victory Cigars. From, awesome. He runs a company called Southern Tab. For Facebook, they're Southern Tab. Instagram, at Southern Tab and SouthernTab.com. And this is not... Uh, a paid endorsement or anything. He's just a nice guy that sent us some victory cigars. And the funny thing is, is they're one of them's titled the Chapel Bell, and then there's <laughs> another special one that is encased in plastic. And he added a friendly little note saying, "Waiting since last Saturday, boys. Thanks for all you give us, dog fans, throughout the season. Let's get that SEC and then the Natty." And then he put a little star and said, "The ones in the tube." Is for the national championship. That's all right. I like it. I'm not a big cigar guy, guy, but if they win the national championship, I will. We will go out to my house and we will have proper cigars. I do also have a little something in reserve, bourbon wise, that we won't talk about today. We'll talk about our our pre. Mm. uh, If we get there, we'll talk about it. Start with a P. It starts with P. And uh, (laughs) uh, it's a little Buffalo Trice product. Uh, But Michael Peters, thank you very much. Southern Tab. Cigars in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, that was awesome, man. Uh, we'll, I'll make, we'll make sure they get taken well care of. Oh, yeah. And uh, also thanks to you, Jay Carey, for hosting us for a, that was a great time on Saturday. It was a very nice time. I knew that people were really excited about the game because we were, had the pregame on, and when Nick Saban was breaking down the uh, the game because he was on the he was on game day, when he was breaking down everyone. Like there were like eight people all with their ears like right next to the television. And so I was like, okay, we need to get this game started <laughs> because we are like wrapped on every word that Nick Saban is. That's where we are right now. We at some point probably should look back at them having Nick Saban on. Um, and look, the SEC is a the SEC network is very much a property of ESPN. ESPN is very much invested in the success of several of the conferences, ES, uh, the SEC uh, especially. Um, but you know, it does bear to it bears to notice that uh, Nick Saban was on before on Championship Saturday when literally the team that he was saying should not be in the playoffs over his team was playing a game. Yes. Uh, and their coach couldn't be on TV. Right, right. And, and then right. And lobbying. And then also was on at 9 o'clock on the West Coast when a team that I think at least should have gotten some notice uh, was not. And then UCF. That's another thing. Listen but, to the rat poison. Rat poison works. Yeah, rat poison rat works, Rat poison y'all. works. And we're I going to the Rose Bowl. We're going to the Rose Bowl and in the playoff. Wow. Go dogs. Go dogs.
And thanks so much for listening. With the 2017 regular season completed, an SEC championship in hand, and a trip to Pasadena coming up, I would personally like to thank all of y'all for tuning us in each episode. Will, Tony, and I genuinely enjoy each other's company. I hope that comes through via whatever podcast player you're listening to. We love talking Georgia football, but we truly appreciate the interaction we receive from all of you via our Twitter mentions, Instagram likes, and podcast reviews. It's made this year's run all that much sweeter because of the community we feel with our WSLS podcast listeners. Oh, and one other thing. The news for Roquan Smith's Butkus Award win, it happened after we had finished recording, and I wanted to point out a couple of significant items on his victory. Not only is Smith the first Georgia Bulldog to win the Butkus Award, he did it with 60% of the first-place votes and 40% of the overall weighted vote, which is a greater margin than any linebacker in the past decade. I'm just excited that we get to see him play in more games in that Georgia uniform. So we'll be back next week with a podcast. I'm not sure I would call it a Rose Bowl preview show, but we will certainly talk about the matchup and how the Georgia defense will handle will handle potential Heisman candidate and winner. He's probably going to win it, Baker Mayfield. So feel free to send us some topics you'd like for us to cover, and we'll certainly jump into some of those podcast reviews that y'all have left for us so graciously. So that's it. We will see y'all in Pasadena, I guess, not on campus. We'll see you in Pasadena. We will not be there. Well, Will and I will not be there. Tony is planning on being there. So have a great week. SEC champs sounds oh so good. Go dogs. I actually am kind of sad. This is a bad spot to be when I actually like oh, this. I need this. this Here, the donkey. This bourbon is going to get me back straight. Yeah, man. Roger Ebert once wrote that um, um, if you woke up, he's, he's a recovering alcoholic, and he said that if you woke up feeling like like with the feeling the way you feel like when you have a hangover but you hadn't been drinking you'd think you were dying yes (laughs) yes this is true (laughs) I always thought that was actually a pretty good way to put it